welcome to a bonus episode of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. And today, I thought I would share with you an interview I did recently with James Farmer. James is a Southern lifestyle expert. He has written several cookbooks and coffee table books all about Southern hospitality, and he is going to be in Thomasville this week for a couple of events for our Plantation Wildlife Arts Festival. I'll put links in the show notes to those events in case you are local and you would like to attend either of those. Um, But I conducted this interview as part of an article I did for the Thomasville Townie, and I decided that despite some background noise from kiddos running throughout the store, you all might be interested in it. So the audio quality is a little different from what you are probably used to, and um, you will not hear Chris's voice on this podcast. Uh, I conducted the interview with James by myself since it was part of the article I was writing, Um, but I think you'll enjoy it. And James is a really fantastic storyteller, and I thought despite the audio quality being a little different, you all would enjoy hearing from him and hearing what he had to say. Um, So without further ado, here is my interview with James Farmer. Hello. Hi, James. It's Annie. Annie, how are you? Wonderful. How are you doing? Doing good. Thanks for calling. Hey, thank you so much. And thanks for kind of meeting with me relatively short notice. I really appreciate it. Good. I'm so glad. Um, So I am doing a couple of things today. I am writing an article for the Thomasville Townie about your upcoming visit. And then I also am working on a podcast episode about PWAF and thought that it would be fun if some of our interview maybe appeared there. So we're going to kind of do a couple of different, wear a couple of different hats today. Sounds good. Um, so I would love some details on what is bringing you back to Thomasville. I know you have been to Thomasville for book signings and for other events, but this year you are coming for Plantation Wildlife Arts Festival, um, and specifically for the Cocktails and Conversations event. And I would love to know kind of the idea behind that event and what all that is going to entail. Well, I'm thrilled to come out to Thomasville, um, Thomasville is one of those places, it's, it's kind of like Brer Rabbit and the Briar Patch, you know, how um, in, the, in that Uncle Remus story where, you know, Brer Rabbit just, he was being so facetious saying, you know, please don't throw me in the Briar Patch. And so please don't make me come back to Thomasville. I think all Southerners, but Georgians in particular, we just have this affinity for Thomasville. It is the, you know, the epitome of, you know, of a Southern town. It's, it's so elegant and tied and connected to the land and history so I'm excited to come on a professional um, a professional point of view to, to be able to um, speak and share you know with what I get to do you know, as, as a you know as a lifestyle person but um, but selfishly I'm thrilled because I've got so many great friends in Thomasville I love the town I love Julia Reed I love the Mashburns so this is it, 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 it's work, but it's, it's that's a very, very loose way to, <laughs> to say that I'm returning for professional work. So it's going to be so much fun. But Thomas is one of those places that any excuse I have to go sign me up. Good. Well, I'm so glad. Yeah, Thomasville is one of those places, you're right, that just, I think for a lot of people, it feels a little bit like home and, and all the all the things that the South kind of... Um, 
kind of epitomizes. I think Thomasville does a good job of representing that. Um, the cocktails and conversations event sounds delightful. Um, do you have any details? What all is going to be happening there? Well, I'm already kind of giggling about it. Um, Julia Reed, in particular, is a good friend of mine, and Julia and I feed off one another. We've been on panels together, and where we were supposed to do you know, serious discussions on design and entertaining, and well, Julia and I just end up laughing and telling old Southern stories. I think that's what's going to end up becoming so great about this part, that yes, you've got cocktails, which are fine, but you're going to have a conversation, not only with like Sid and Ann and Julia and me, but you're going to have this opportunity to kind of learn in that conversational manner. You're going to see tablescapes. You know, Thomasville is famous for beautiful table settings and great food. So this whole cocktail conversation set up and, and the way that it's already you know being touted is really, really exciting. I think it's a fun way for people to learn, not just sitting and having a lecture. It's, it's a little more interactive, especially in the sense that um, the scale and intimacy of it um, brings it brings it onto a level that I think people will really be educated, but be entertained too. Yeah, it sounds like, I mean, I know for me anyway, I was on a panel discussion recently, and then I attended a panel discussion, and even when those turn out wonderfully, panel discussion just sounds so boring. <laughs> you, can't, you can't help it. Um, well, with, Sid, with Sid and Julia and me, I guarantee if anyone's bored, it's because they weren't there. Yeah, and I love, well, that's why I love this, because cocktails and conversations just sounds way more fun. That's not, like That sounds like a perfect <laughs> afternoon, yeah. Um, so I th- and I think Thomasville in particular is going to love hearing from each of you and your different perspectives and your different styles. Um, that was kind of one of the questions I had was Julia Reed is kind of this epitome of a Southern hostess and you yourself have so much passion for Southern hospitality, for celebration. And I just think having the two of you plus the Mashburns is just such a fun combination. Um, and I wondered kind of how that partnership came about. Well, it's really neat. Julia and I are on a very similar speaking circuit. You know, let's say that she speaks to a group in Mississippi, and she'll re- recommend me to that group. And if I speak to a group in Augusta, I'll recommend her. You know, we're, we're great friends. And so, um, but every now and then, those stars align, and we get to be the same event together. And this was well, this was one of those. Um, Julia and I, I think I kind of mentioned earlier, but pun intended, we start talking about food and we feed off of each other. <laughs> yeah. She'll start telling a story about her mother, which evokes a memory of a story about my mother. And she's from a small town in Mississippi. I'm from a small town in Georgia. And it's it needs no translation. And we just have so much fun. But probably one of my favorite things in particular about Julia that I feel like comes across whenever we're together is, yes, Julia has some of the finest china and silver and she writes for the most incredible magazines and her friend list includes everyone from royalty to presidents and (laughs) everyone in between but julia's real she's from you know mississippi she's from the delta she's Mm -hmm. from greenville Greenville, mississippi and she uh well tunica actually so she's at you know from there the delta you know that whole area she just is so real and I, and I love that I think that's what comes across so when she's talking about this you know gorgeous dish and and her grandmother's you know hand painted hair in China served with most beautiful Chantilly and Francis the first silver she's also going to tell you about you know what she was 
before the party was, you know, back in the kitchen, you know, with the caterers having a beer and, you know, it, she's just real. She's very, she's very high meets low and balanced. So I love feeding off of, off of that energy. That'll be perfect. That'll be such a fun, um, a fun pairing. And I, I cannot wait. I think that sounds like a delightful afternoon. Um, I just want to ask, finish this sentence. The secret to a great party is? A confident host. Oh. So it can be, you know, delivery pizza and paper towels as plates, or it can be the finest china crystal and silver. But if the host themselves is not confident and having fun, yeah, that's where the energy of a party starts to me. Mm. So my grandmother always told me that the best dish that a host can, or hostess can serve is confidence. Ah. So that to me is, is, is the secret to a great party. And then when the, and, and confidence doesn't mean braggadocious or it doesn't mean that you're snobby or it, it, it means that you are thrilled that people are in your home. Right. You are excited for them and they feel that and they know that. And then in turn, they're more receptive to talk to this couple here and that couple there. And to me, a great party is when you may not remember this detail or that, but you remember everyone you talk to and, um, and you remember that you had great conversations and, you know, it could have been a shrimp dip or crab dip or a smoked beef tenderloin. What was it? Maybe don't remember. Right. But you do remember that the party itself was so great and that confidence from the host or hostess is what starts that. Absolutely. It reminds me of that quote, um, you may not remember what someone said, but you're going to remember how they make you feel. Um, oh, yes. Amen to that. Yeah, and I think that's true. We talk about that sometimes in the bookstore that's true about a good book like you might not be able to recall the names of characters or the plot but you're going to remember oh I stayed up all night finishing it or I cried you know you're going to remember how it made you feel and I think that's true of a good a good party too absolutely we know the French you know, when they talk about genocide quality, you just can't can't put your finger on it you can't actually describe it it's, there's an emotional spiritual or whatever some kind of connection and um, and hopefully you leave a great party you know, with that, um, with that sort of remembrance. So, as far as food is concerned, what is like your must-serve dish or must, your go-to recipe for like a quintessential Southern dinner party? It's gonna be cheese-based, so it's <laughs> either cream cheese and pepper jelly or pimento cheese. And I know that sounds a little bit cliche and old school. But really, is anything better than good cream cheese with pepper jelly? I mean, <laughs> I, it just it just works. So, you know, my friends, when they come over to my house, they kind of know that's what they're getting. Mm-hmm. But that's one of those things I, I love serving, and I'm unapologetic about it. I don't say, y'all, I'm so sorry, I didn't have time to make anything. I say, here it is. <laughs> and guess what? There's never any leftover. Yeah, there's no you know, complaint. We, we like it. You can get full off of it. You know, that, if you just have lime beer and sweet tea and pimento cheese or cream cheese oh, there you go I mean it works <laughs> but there's ways to you know, make a twist on it um, my publishers for my books are, are out west and so they're always enthralled that <laughs> I have so many pimento cheese recipes and I said well but this one's got more pepper this one's got pecans or this one's got you know whatever it yeah. is but the same thing with cream cheese and pepper jelly it could be a pineapple pepper jelly it could be a strawberry rhubarb pepper jelly it could be str- uh, strawberry and fig and peppers you know it could be super hot with you know ghost peppers or it could be really really sweet with like peach and pepper jelly and pecans in it and, right. you know, so there's so many ways to kind of give a twist on the classic but I'm telling you I love 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 serving that one of my favorite stories about that um, 
our past Miss America is from my home county. Okay. And I hosted a brunch. Her name's Betty Kentrell, and I hosted a brunch for Betty and um, several other. You know, I had Miss Florida, Miss Alabama, Miss South Carolina, Miss Tennessee. I mean, all the That's surrounding states were all here. Well, they were all, all these girls, you know, they had not eaten in months. So I had shrimp <laughs> grits, and I had um, a whole, like, you know, little... Um, we have a great, you know, meat market around, and so I had a little like sausage, you know, pig in a blanket kind of things, mm-hmm. and just the whole, the whole kind of southern brunch um, spread, you know, for them, ambrosia, and all kinds of delicious things. And um, so the girls, you know, had on their sash, they had on, you know, they said Miss, whoever they were, and I saw all these cute girls standing there, and she wasn't putting food on her plate; she was just looking at everything. And you know, I had you know a pickle, a whole tray of nothing but pickles, pickled squash, pickled you know, little baby cucumbers, and pickled okra. She's looking at this whole cheese tray. There's pimento cheese, there's cream cheese, there's everything, and then there's cheese grits. And she picks up a cheese straw, which is also what I have at every party too. <laughs> One, they freeze well. You just bring them out; they work. Um, I have this, this theory that when the Yankees were coming to burn certain towns, I guarantee that women ran outside with cheese straws. <laughs> you know, just don't burn the barn. But um, I was looking at this little girl, and I walked up to her. And I said, can I help you with anything? And she turned to the side, and she said, what is this? And I said, it's a cheese straw. And she said, well, like, but what? What is it? And I looked at her sash, and she was Miss New Hampshire. Oh. And I thought, poor child. She doesn't know what any of this is. It's like she's in a foreign land. Oh, And gosh. she said, do you eat everything with cheese? And I said, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why not? It makes so everything little, better. I made her a little plate. You would have thought that was feeding a starving child. She was thrilled. Oh, that's so funny. That, that just reminds me. So cream cheese, pepper jelly, pimento cheese, and cheese straws. There you go. There you go. That sounds like a pretty good party. I, I'm reminiscing because, so I'm from Tallahassee, Florida, originally. Yeah. So, you know, Southern, but kind of a different brand, I think, of Southern. Um, well, Tallahassee and Jacksonville are, to me, the, they're the biggest towns in South Georgia. <laughs> That's true. So true. Um, and I didn't quite realize that until I moved to Thomasville. And I love, um, I hosted an author of a beautiful coffee table book about Georgia and she came to the store and they had told me like are you serving refreshments I said oh yes we'll have wine and we might have some cheese from sweetgrass and um anyway she came with I mean a huge I think I took home two (laughs) two huge platters of cheese straws like she brought her own cheese straws and you know what they were delicious and I did not at all complain because (laughs) because that was the best gift she could have brought me (laughs) my my grandmother's people are all from Bainbridge so I know so Thomasville Bainbridge Tallahassee that little triangle (laughs) I I could what what scares me about this Plantation Wildlife Arts Festival is that I may not leave (laughs) yep (laughs) once you're here good luck getting out (laughs) Exactly. Um, So, A Time to Celebrate is your most recent book. It's beautiful, all about Southern hospitality, um, all about gatherings, which I think is just a huge part of our growing up in the South. It's, It's having family over and having dinner and... Um, but I, through reading your blog, it sounds like your next book is going to skew a little more toward the comforts of home. And I wondered if that was intentional. Um, you know, to me, those are two distinct aspects of Southern culture is kind of the gatherings, but also making your home cozy and comfortable. Can you talk to me about that a little bit? 
Well, it's one of those things that I've been real tickled about. I get asked all the time, what do you do? Like, what, like what's your job? <laughs> and I laugh because I know what I do. My, my day job is I'm an interior designer. Mm-hmm. And I have projects from St. Louis to Sea Island to the mountains to Alabama. We've got projects all across the southeast. But people may not know that. Right. They know, well, you're that kid from Perry who writes about fried chicken and pimento cheese. <laughs> I'm not a chef. You know, I haven't been to cooking school. I, I, I just love food. I love Southern uh, culture and heritage. And it, this this next book, I was just so inspired because, you know, a lot of interior designers, they have books on their interior design, on projects that they've done. Right. And here I am, a designer, and... I've written seven cookbooks. So it's, <laughs> so it's one of those things where it's like, you know what? It, it might be time to um, show a little love to what I do. Now, of course, there's probably going to be a recipe or two in there, but, um, but it is it is a book to kind of show the um, the meaning of home and the, that place that, that, that you call home. And um, I'm really excited about, about the book. Well, as an interior designer, I'm curious because for me, in my home, fall means making things comfortable and uh-uh. and more cozy, even though it's still 80 degrees outside, we're going to pretend. Right. Um, and so what is your number one tip or trick or, you know, kind of trick of the trade, I guess, for making a home cozier during the fall season? Bring the outside in. And this to me is for all the seasons, but I'll give you a great example. This morning, so I was on the island in my kitchen. I, I feel like whether you have an island in your kitchen or a big counter space or your kitchen table, you need some kind of center point in your home that at a moment's notice can reflect the season. Mm. And so for me, I have this big old, this kind of a faux bois trough kind of thing that sits on my island. And Inside of it, I've got some dried hydrangeas that I tuck these hydrangeas in at the end of the summer. They dried, and for the last month, I've looked at them. <laughs> and then I kept thinking, it feels ish, ish, kind of fallish outside, but here I am, and I walk, you know, the kitchen counters where I sit and eat my cereal in the morning, the kitchen counters you know, where I'm prepping dinner. You know, it's, it's, here, it's the centerpiece of my home, and it doesn't reflect the season, so I plop some pumpkins and apples on top of it mm-hmm. with the dried hydrangeas, and wham, it's like, yep. next thing you know, I was cooking chili. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It just immediately changed it. So if you've got something, it can be a candy dish that you just throw candy corn. I love candy corn and peanuts, salted peanuts oh, together. yum. It tastes like a payday. It's such a good, oh, that's a such good little combo. Yeah. Throw in an M&M or two, you got some chocolate. But um, I love I love that a simple, quick change. So it's not like you have to change your window treatments and your pillows and your paintings. Mm-hmm. You know, and bringing the seat and bring the outside in in some particular way or some kind of like, whether it's visual, whether it's, you know, just a, a jar, a mason jar in your bathroom that's filled with a little branch of leaves or whatever it is, something from outside in and then that to me then that triggers the rest yeah no I think that's absolutely true growing up you know my mom come the day after Labor Day I mean it was still 90 degrees outside but our house kind of transformed Mm -hmm. into fall and it does make you feel like even though uh, southerners kind of fall is such an abbreviated season we can make it longer by what our homes kind of feel like um and plus we're so connected to the land and to the garden and to agriculture there's you know it's so nice to 
you know, if, if you want to decorate your house with corn, salt, or cotton, I, you, I don't have to look far. It's right it's in the field. Exactly. The right out you the know, backyard. So yeah. It's right outside. So bring it in. Bring I, something in. Absolutely. Yeah. I do remember growing up, my mom sending me and my brother outside to collect pine cones. So that we could come. <laughs> so she, yep, she could fill a vase. Um, okay, I know you've got ties to Thomasville. You've talked about how much you love it. Let's say you've got 24 hours in Thomasville. What are the places you have to see or the places you have to eat? That's so difficult because I don't want 24 hours. I want 48 <laughs> or 72. Or just start. No, here's our, I, I've done this before. So I was... Um, a good friend of mine, one of my best buddies, is from Thomasville, okay. and he has a men's clothing store downtown. And you know, so I've, I've, I'm jaded because I've been to Thomasville and I've been there with you know with locals and with friends, and you know, I kind of get to see the ins and the outs. But one day I was um, at a speaking engagement in Florida, and I spent the night, and I left that morning, and was coming, I was coming home. And someone just said, you know what? You don't have to be homeless. Just go spend the day in Thomasville and go home that night. Mm-hmm. So I did. And I pulled up, you know, so, of course, you, if you're going to eat, you know, Liam's and Jonah's are, you know, I just love, love, love. But I'd eaten there, you know, a million times at both of them. And I, I went to Sweetgrass, you know, and stocked up. I got a cooler and stocked up on, <laughs> on different cheeses and things. And so, like, eating-wise, you know, those three, to me, are kind of, kind of the staples there. But... When I left, when I left town, there's, I mean, you have to help me with the name of it, there's, there's the pizza place, it's not on the main downtown street, it's... Is it Moon, Moonspin? Moon, yes, that's Moonspin. it. Yep. And so, I, anyways, I called some friends, and I said, y'all, I just need, you know, quick dinner, you know, kind of, and it was a, it was like a Tuesday night, and it wasn't like a busy time, per se, but I pulled up, and it was packed. <laughs> and I thought, this is Tuesday night. I said, my, my hometown, you know, we're a ghost town, especially on a ticket in the middle of the week. You know, there's just, I thought it was so interesting that every restaurant, not just them, but, but you know, everything was, was crowded. Right. Yeah, there in the you know, early midweek. So I ended up having some pizza there and had a great little dinner by myself and um, and so I'd been to all the little antique shops and all around. I love, you know, poking around and going to see those. I love the, the taxidermy place. So to me, what's so great about Thomasville is you've got one of two things. If you've got 24 hours, just park yourself downtown and go in every store, eat in every restaurant. And that's because downtown Thomasville is the crown jewel to me of South Georgia. It is just so incredible. Now, if you're getting time longer, that's when you really need to dive into some of the history and go tour, you know, go out to Pebble Hill, go wherever, anywhere that you can go and tour, mm-hmm. take that and soak that in, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the downtown, just as somebody who, you know, is a transplant, you know, it, despite being from Tallahassee, I know that I'm not a Thomasville local. I know it's going to take some time. <laughs> so, so moving... Well, I, have a funny, I have a funny story about that, because you know, Bainbridge is, you know, right right near there. Yeah, yeah. And so my grandmother and all her people are from there. And so my grandmother was born and raised in Bainbridge. Her mother was, and her mother and father were, their mother and father were, so on and so forth. <laughs> and we were um, we were in Atlanta uh, for some, some event or something, and uh, my grandmother ran into some friends that she had met in college. And anyway, so she said something about how my grandmother's name was Sarah Ann, and she said, now, Sarah Ann, she said, um, are y'all still in 
Bainbridge. And my grandmother said, well, we go back to Mary and Barry. And I thought that was so interesting that even though my grandmother left Bainbridge after you know, year you know, after growing up, and yeah. I never really officially returned. And she said, um, but my sister-in-law is there, and she's been there about 50 years, and I think she's just now <laughs> considered a native. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. And so, and so we, and so we joke that like in places like Thomasville and Bainbridge and places like that. You know, someone can be born in Thomasville and then move to Atlanta as a newborn. Mm-hmm. And their obituary would say, James Farmer, age 99, a native of Thomasville. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. That, that is that so true. one day. Yeah. Oh, I, that is one of my favorite. I have so many funny stories of buying the bookstore here and just thinking, oh, I'm a local. I'm from Tallahassee. And being quickly and kindly uh, corrected that it would take a few years. So, speaking of that, I'm curious. You obviously born and raised in the South, went to college in the South. What is your favorite part about life here? I think it's the quality of life. Mm-hmm. Um just here recently, I was really reminded of this. Um, the Hurricane Matthew that came through recently. Yes. So my sister and brother-in-law live in the Low Country on the South Carolina coast, okay. and um, they, and along with several other groups of friends, they had to evacuate. Mm-hmm. And so they came home. They came to Perry, and so they were some were staying with me, some were staying with my aunt and uncle, some were staying with my grandfather. I mean, we we absorbed a lot of people. <laughs> um, and so one of one of the couples who, who came with them, um, you know, Hilton Head and Bluffton, that area, they get a lot of snowbirds, a lot mm-hmm. of northern transplants. And so this one couple was not originally from the Deep South, and they've, you know, they've somewhat acclimated here. But they said something. They said, what is it about, like, where every, I mean, they can leave Bluffton and come to Perry. They go to Perry and go to Thomasville or Moultrie right. or Meredith or any. And they said, it's like the same thing each place. What is it? And I said, y'all, we have a quality of life. And I know I know this sounds funny. It may be hot nine months out of the year. We may have mosquitoes that are now carrying tropical diseases. <laughs> we have lack of culture in places that a city doesn't have. But there's a quality of life that we offer from town to town, from hamlet to hamlet, little country place to country place, that you can't find in other places. And that is that desire and connection to make everyone, everything comfortable, mm-hmm. elegant, and enjoyable. And it's something that we get from our mothers. It's something yep. we get from our grandmothers. And there's, to me, it is so important as, as Southerners to celebrate our history and our heritage and think about that. We've been given this, this mantle, this vestige that you never heard of Northern hospitality. Right. <laughs> you know, so we, we are challenged with being hospitable. Mm-hmm. And so that means you've got to be hospitable if you're in, whether in Tallahassee or, you know, or all the way up to Charlottesville or something. You know, right. There's a whole range. And so it's, it's in our blood and our DNA. And I, just, I love that, but I love the quality of life. And so living in my hometown, sure, there are sacrifices that you make where, you know, if I was in Atlanta, maybe I could do this, or if I was in Savannah, maybe I could do that. But mm-hmm. the house that I live in, the way that I live, there's just a quality of life to me that you can't, you can't necessarily buy in uh, other places. Absolutely. 
Um, so one question I ask everybody who comes on the podcast, um, and I just ask probably of every every poor person that I come in contact with, is what are you reading right now? I'm always curious. This is interesting. I just made a challenge with myself to read more okay. because I found myself scrolling through Instagram before I go to bed when I used to read before I went to bed. Yep. And I thought, what has happened to me? I'm now this <laughs> uncultured, ignorant, uneducated swine. <laughs> but I can tell you what a buddy of mine from sophomore year at Auburn and his, and his wife did this weekend. You know, I mean, it's like, yep. okay, so I made a point that I'm going to that I'm going to change that. So right now I'm reading a book called The Flower Hunter and the People. Okay. And it's a book from Mercer University Press. Okay. And it's about William Bartram okay. and his journeys across the Southeast or through the Southeast. And it's not so much, it's written from a different perspective. Um, the author's name is escaping me right this very second. But the, what's interesting about this book is as, a, as opposed to other books about William Bartram, which were very, very horticulturally based right. on the plants and the species that he, you know, documented on his journeys. This is about, you know, when he was with this Indian tribe, this is what they ate or their, what they spoke or what was their culture. And it's really interesting because these are the people who lived here before we did. So the book is, it's a, there's a lot of footnotes. There's a lot of it's meaty, you know. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a neat neat read, and um, in fact, I just recommended to a buddy of mine who runs a plantation that's kind of in between Thomasville and Tallahassee. Okay. And he said, "Is it going to put me to sleep at night?" And I said, "Yeah, it probably will, <laughs> but in a good way because you've 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 done you've read something for the day that you would not have read or seen on Instagram or Facebook or anything like that." So yeah, absolutely. So that's that, and then I have a. I'm a multiple reader, so I can. I'll read two or three things, you know, at once. But that's the. I'm reading that, and then I'm rereading. Um, Linda Bloodworth Thompson. She was the um, writer and the creator of Designing Women. Oh yeah. And she wrote a book called Liberating Paris, and it's about um, Paris, uh, kind of a fictional place, but it's called about Paris, Arkansas. Oh. And about a family and some friends who are friends since high school, and I love it because I love, um, you know, I loved, uh, Dixie Carter was just my idol. I mean, she, <laughs> she was a rock star in my book, and um, God rest her soul, they don't make him like that anymore. <laughs> but anyways, I'm, re- I'm reading that as well as the William Bartram book. That's perfect. That I, I think when people read in multiples or read multiple books at a time, it's so important to be able to kind of balance that out, like fiction and nonfiction or, yeah. you know, something meaty and something a little lighter that you can kind of cleanse your palate with. Um, so that, there you go. that's good. Um, okay, this has been such a delight. We are so excited to welcome you back to Thomasville um, for PWAF. Thank you for talking with me today. I really appreciate it. Well, Annie, thank you so much. and look forward to seeing you in Thomasville. I can't wait to be there. Be there. I'm, I'm like a stray cat. Y'all are going to feed me and you know, house me for a night, and more than likely I'll come right back. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> thank you so much, James. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You can find full episodes of From the Front Porch on iTunes or on our store website at www.bookshelfthomasville.com. You can also shop and support local by checking out our online store. That's bookshelfthomasville.com forward slash shop. 
And if you want to find out what's going on behind the scenes at the bookshelf, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Bookshelf Teville. For more information about James, you can visit his website. That's jamesfarmer.com. And we'll also have a link to the different books he has published on our show notes. So check that out as well. Thanks so much for listening and we will see you tomorrow.